Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill are calling on the Pentagon to end its vaccine mandate. They're citing grave concerns over the military's readiness. In a letter to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on Thursday, the lawmakers said the U.S. military currently faces a, quote, self-imposed readiness crisis. They cited data showing that 8% of the Army face expulsion over the vaccine mandate. This is while the Army already struggles with recruiting targets this fiscal year and has to cut its targets for the next fiscal year. Meanwhile, the Marine Corps quietly updated its vaccine policy earlier this week. The branch will not be punishing those seeking religious exemptions, at least for now. This is in response to a recent ruling by a federal judge in Florida. And the legal team at First Liberty Institute has been taking up cases defending some military members who choose not to take the COVID-19 vaccine. First Liberty attorney Danielle Runyon joins us to discuss. Danielle Runyon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Danielle, First Liberty has been representing multiple cases of military members who've chosen to decline from taking the vaccine. You were also a plaintiff as you also serve in the Air Force. If you could get us up to speed. Yes, so we have two cases. We have the Navy SEALs case uh, and we have the Air Force case. Both cases challenge the uh, constitutional uh, violations that are going on with respect to the mandate and also the Religious Freedom Restoration Act violations that are occurring. Now, the Navy seems to have uh, reversed course on punishing uh, unvaccinated SEALs. Is this the case and where do you see this going? So um, they haven't reversed course on uh, punishing the SEALs. The mandate is still in effect and um, service members still have to comply with that. In fact, they're also still processing denials. So uh, where I see this going is this is going to be a court battle to the end. Um, First Liberty is here to defend our brave men and women who have taken an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States, and uh, we're standing by them every step of the way. And do you think your cases are are getting stronger as the science continues to evolve? Absolutely. Um, What we've been saying since day one, you know, uh, some of our members, they have had natural immunity, they've recovered from COVID, um, and all of our members have been able to perform their job safely since day one. Since the beginning of the pandemic, they've been able to perform their duties. And now, because they filed religious accommodation requests, many of them are being pulled from performing their core duties. Meanwhile, those with medical exemptions that have been approved are performing their core duties. We're seeing pilots with medical exemptions flying in the cockpit and those who have religious reasons, religious objections to taking the vaccine being grounded from flying. This is ultimately going to result in career loss. Uh, Right now, these members have their jobs, but they're going to ultimately lose their careers if they can't perform their duties. The country of Denmark now suggests that those under 50 years of age uh, do not need to get a booster. Um, I guess what science do you think they're following and do you think the United States and other countries will start to follow suit? Well, I think the publicly available information is out there. Um, The CDC has put out information, you know, these vaccines aren't preventing the spread of the virus. Uh, Military officials are aware of this fact. And, um, you know, the, the military is choosing to ignore these facts. And uh, again, this is just a clear violation of the law. And uh, we're here to, to defend the interests of our brave men and women, our, our national assets. Uh, we're here to defend them. 
Now, the WHO has just come out and signaled that the end of the pandemic is in sight, a stance they have not yet uh, taken. What do you think will happen uh, with so many of these cases and policies once major governments and bodies officially acknowledge this pandemic is over? You know, I don't have an answer for that. We've already seen so many uh, policies being walked back, masking on airplanes, uh, social distancing, so many things in our own country that are happening that one would think, you know, why are, why are these mandates still happening? We're, we're experiencing the largest recruiting crisis that the military has seen in re recent history. And at the same time, we're looking to purge tens of thousands of military members. Uh, we need to get back to work to operating as a military and focusing on real national security threats, not our faithful men and women who have served this country honorably. Danielle Runyon, thank you so much for your service and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Chinese Communist leader Xi Jinping and Russian President Vladimir Putin met yesterday for the first time since the war began in Ukraine. And the two regimes are forging even closer ties amid the war. What should the U.S. take away from this? Here to discuss, we have Professor and former Assistant Secretary of State for Democracy, Human Rights and Labor, Robert Destro. <laughs> Professor Robert Destro, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Professor Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin have just finished a meeting in person. What are some of your biggest concerns of a more fortified Russia-China alliance in terms of regional stability around the world? Well, I would, I would start uh, to answer your question by starting close to home. Uh, the, there's no question that both uh, uh, President Putin and President Xi uh, are interested in replacing the dollar as the world's reserve currency. And, uh, and I think the, uh, I don't think our politicians or, or the country as a whole has any idea what a world of hurt that will cause here in the United States, wholly apart from the question of regional stability. There's often a discussion of which regime, Russia or China, poses more of a threat to the United States. Um, what do you think? Well, <laughs> I think that's the wrong question. I mean, I think the, the right question is, what does, what does this uh, forthcoming BRICS alliance, which has Russia, China, Iran, Turkey, and, and most of the global south, you know, what does that look like? And uh, and that is a that's a, a block that is is formidable in its nature, and it, it will change the power equation across the world in ways that uh, that that don't uh, that don't help us. Professor, I'd like to ask you about human rights. Uh, you've said before that there are currently three genocides taking place inside of China. Tell us about that, and if so, how do you think history will regard? Uh, this, any civilized nation really conducting business as usual with this regime? Well, I mean, if, if you're looking at, at history, uh, let, me, let me take a concrete example. Actually, you could use two, uh, but, but I'll take one. And that is what happened in Rwanda uh, in the 90s. You know, we all knew uh, what was going on in Rwanda. Uh, uh, Samantha Power, who's now the um, the administrator of USAID, and and the chief steward of all our uh, our foreign assistance programs, told me personally uh, that it wasn't that we were uh, unaware. We were aware. We just couldn't get the government to agree on what to do about it. And and to this day, everybody's embarrassed that that we didn't do anything. 
about what went on in Rwanda. We simply stood by and watched it happen. Well, in China, we have a very different situation. You know, we have a situation in which we do business with China. Our companies do business with China. We import goods from China. We have become we've become intensely uh, dependent on China. And 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 so when you say to somebody, well, why don't we just throttle back a little bit and, and not buy goods that are created by slave labor, which is was one of the, the big issues that I dealt with as assistant secretary. People look at you like you're crazy. Well, what do you mean? We can't stop doing that. We, we want to turn, you know, we want to turn our country, country green, to which my response is, no, what you're doing is you're turning the country red with the with the blood of the people who are being victimized, you know, by what's going on in, in China. With the midterm elections coming and a potential shift uh, in the balance of power uh, in the G the GOP says it will meaningfully uh, hold China accountable. What does this actually look like to you? Well, as as an initial matter, what it looks like is putting teeth in and, and you know, getting some enforcement of the anti-human trafficking uh, provisions of our import laws. I mean, there's any any uh, solar panel, for example, or battery that's made in China is tainted, and and we need to accept that. Now, that's that's not a bad thing in terms of our own uh, in terms of our own domestic production of such goods. Uh, we also have to uh, to start meaningfully doing the same uh, doing the same thing with respect to sanctions. You know, but now the, the teeth, the sanctions have to be on Americans who do business with these regimes. I mean, if you look at the way in which Europe and the United States are dealing with Russia with respect to Ukraine, you know, because of the atrocities that are, are being uh, attributed to President Putin, then, you know, well, what about the atrocities that are being attributed to President Xi and, and his unified state-private partnership? You know, you we need to be consistent in the way we apply economic pressure, and, and that's what we need to do. Professor Robert Destro, thank you so much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.